Hey guys, how's it going? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Hey, what's up? This is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Thanks for joining us today, you guys. Very cool episode today. We have Arcade Games Volume 2. Very exciting stuff, like Carl just mentioned. What makes this episode so cool is that the last time we've really played and talked about arcade music was way back in Season 1. And when we did that... We were kind of slackers. We didn't use actual arcade <laughs> yeah, music. Yeah, I, I think about half of the music on that playlist wasn't even from actual arcade soundtracks. It was from like SNES or Genesis, games that also came out for the arcade. Like, yeah. for example, we played some Street Fighter tracks. I think we did play an arcade version, but we also played like a Genesis version. Right. But today, I think for that, our cop-out was sort of like, we're playing games, we're playing music from games with an arcade feel. Right. But today, we're actually playing all of this music is directly from what you would hear here in those arcade games. Yeah, so every single track on today's playlist is from the original arcade version of all these games. So you're not going to hear any SNES, any Genesis, any NES. These are all actual arcade music here. Uh, this is really exciting. It's it's definitely its own art form in a lot of ways, arcade music, especially um, of the early, mid-90s. It definitely has its own flair, its own compositional style, and there's just something really exciting about it because, at least for me, a lot of this music, it's not like classic video game music to me. A lot of these arcade games I've never played before. So really it was fun discovering new music. And there was something kind of exciting because a lot of this music's really hard to find. So a lot of it feels like it's very rare and maybe not, not a lot of people have heard before. Right. I think another thing is uh, there's probably a lot of nostalgic memories uh, for a lot of this. For mm-hmm. some of you you know, who have good memories of being in the video arcades and playing some just classic games and you'd only hear those songs when you'd go in to right. the video arcade yeah. and there aren't arcades anymore you you can't really find them absolutely so some of this is sort of like extra special because you know you can't just go and put it in your snes and play absolutely so in a lot of ways this music of today is just in a lost art mm-hmm. it's just really special that we get to do this episode i think the other thing that's cool about arcade music is that each game in each specific cabinet had its own sound chip and its own way of uh, emulating sound. Yes, yeah, so there were there were a lot of different sound chips that arcade cabinets utilized. A lot of them were Yamaha FM chips. So you're going to hear a lot of sounds today that will remind you of the Sega Genesis. Um, there there were some sound chips that were almost exactly the same to the Genesis. There were also ones that were a little bit more advanced. So one thing today is you're going to hear similar sounding instruments, but the drum samples are usually a lot better. Uh, and obviously, the later on we get in, you know, the lifespan of arcades, you're going to hear a lot better sounding, you know, actual recorded music and stuff. So, very exciting stuff. Let's get things started here with a game called Ace Driver Victory Lap. And this is composed by Kechi Okabe. Let's take a listen to Haze in Daylight.
Awesome. You're listening to Haze in Daylight from the game Ace Driver Victory Lap, composed by Kichi Okabe. And yeah, this definitely does not use a Yamaha FM chip. This game, I believe, came out in 1996. So by that time, um, some of these arcade cabinets were able to have a little bit more advanced sound chips, maybe sometimes sample-based, sometimes they're able to just have fully recorded songs. But this is a really good way to start this episode off, very blood-pumping music here. Yeah, it's a wonderful piece of music that I think this is the type of thing that can be enjoyed by almost anyone when you're mm-hmm. playing a game. You know, whether you're not thinking about the music or you are, it works. Because like Carl said, it does keep your blood pumping. And the rhythm of it is just very infectious. It's it's definitely the reason why you hear a lot of techno music in arcade games and just mm-hmm. video games in general. But what I like about this piece is that this does not feel by the books. It does not feel sort of mailed in or phoned in. It's, it's very It's inspired. very unique. Yeah. And I, to me personally, one thing that I really like is the the use of stereo panning right. with those different lines that are very similar and almost sound like a delay of one another, but they move together and it just sort of like manipulates your understanding of what's happening. Absolutely. And more so than any other type of video game music, it's so rare to get to hear this music on headphones. I mean, now is the only time that was possible because let's say you're playing the Super Nintendo. I mean, TVs technically, some TVs did have a headphone option. So, I mean, it is possible that some people may have listened to some of that music with headphones. But with this, there's no option. That When you're at the arcade, like you're not going to really hear that stereo panning as much. I so think it's the really other thing, cool to hear that now. It's cool that we actually have the pure, uncompressed mm-hmm. sounds from those mm-hmm. arcades. You know, this wasn't recorded by someone, you know, standing next right, to the arcade right. cabinet. Yeah, this, this is, is actually directly ripped. from. Yeah, and that's that's a good point. Well, I mean, some of this music, not necessarily this particular track, but some of this music today is really hard to find. And the only way to get some of this music are from some of these really rare compilations. Some of them were only released in Japan. Uh, there's there's one compilation called Sega System 16, and there were three volumes of it, and it featured kind of slightly rare, high-quality arcade music from Sega games. So some of that music, it's only available on these kind of rare compilations, so it's it's also pretty cool. Also, some people are able to rip it from MAME, which is an arcade emulator. Right. Um, some people are actually able to rip music from that. Well, so. and I'd like to just take a little bit, Carl, to have a discussion with you about what do you think uh, makes arcade music different simply from its implementation in the game? One thing that I always am so interested in in arcades in their history and their sort of legacy with how mm-hmm. they live on in gaming in general is the idea of endurance how long can you last before you have to put in another quarter absolutely that dynamic is was so unique to video games and so exciting and so much of that has really carried on through the lifespan of gaming in general i think that that tension that fun exciting tension is is a really important emotion that a lot of this music is going to have and we can talk more about that as we go on because that was only the first track we've played but i totally know what you mean there's definitely a, a, a specific kind of emotion that a lot of this music is trying to evoke it's something that it needs to be fun because there is money involved. So if you're yeah. <laughs> not having fun, you're not going to put in that other quarter, you know. But if you're really having a good time, sometimes this music will help make you really want to keep playing the game. So let's move on to Gradius 3. This was composed by Junichiro Kaneda, Saichi Fukami, and Miki Higashino, the classic Gradius composer. Let's take a listen to a track called Cosmo Plant.
awesome. This is Cosmoplant from Gradius 3. Arcade version, obviously. This is a great piece of music. This is kind of what I was talking about with that emotion. It's really exciting, but it also fits the tension that the player is going to feel. Because you really, it's important that you stay alive as long as you can, because like I said, there's money involved. And usually there's people watching. Your friends are there. So there's an elevated level of stress. This is such an exciting piece of music. And I think it really captures the feeling of flight. Ironically, huh. uh, I think it's so funny that um, a game where you might uh, typically think of just having sort of like, you know, hardcore rocking music, you know, just blasting aliens and right. stuff, that it actually, in the most like simple of ways, just captures that natural human fantasy with flight. Mm -hmm. And I guess I've never really thought about it, but compositionally it's doing a few things that I want to point out that I think are really capturing that excitement feeling that you get for flying. Mm -hmm. Part of it is that repetitive bass ostinato that doesn't change, almost like a pedal tone, the dun da dun 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 right. as the chords change around it. And it just has a, a lovely um, whimsical melody on the top of it that just really feels like free and soaring. And I think that B section when the chords finally change, dun, 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 right. dun, 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 and then you have those almost like orchestra hits. It's just really exciting and empowering. One thing that I love about Gradius is just like any other legendary series of video games, Mega Man, Castlevania, it has its own signature sound. When you listen to Gradius music, it sounds like Gradius. It has this really rousing classic kind of elements of film score as far as like really rousing main themes of like jo of John Williams kind of music it really has elements of that yeah, it actually reminded me a little bit of like Alan Silvestri yes definitely absolutely kind of 80s film score mm -hmm. yeah so that's great let's move on to a game called Ace Attacker this is a pretty rare game that came out um, by Sega and this is included on that Sega System 16 uh, volume 2 this is composed by Sega Sound Team so actually there are no specific known composers for this game let's take a listen to Balanced BGM Final set. happy song for you. This is Balanced BGM from the game Ace Attacker, which I believe only came out in Japan, composed by Sega Sound Team. What do you think about this track, Will? I really like it. I feel like uh, you get a combination of uh, very good, almost Genesis-like part writing, mm -hmm. which I think is very fitting, seeing that it is Sega. I mm -hmm. think they're trying to uh, have that coherent sound between, uh, obviously, their home console, the Mega Drive or Genesis, and um, their arcade units. And I think that uh, for the average gamer, it would make the Genesis almost seem more impressive. That right. it feels reminiscent to, you know, arcade music. This is 16-bit. You know, mm -hmm. this sounds like what you'd hear in the arcades. And even every element of the game, I feel like a lot of Genesis games had that kind of attitude. Mm -hmm. Not just the music, but a lot of the games themselves, they felt that way. I know when I was a kid and we had a Sega Genesis, it really did feel that way. Yeah. 
I, I uh, One thing that I like about this track is its reliance on uh, notes that are sort of outside of the chord, mm. extending the chord through the melody. And I think that's uh, always essential to do that type of thinking when you're writing a video game piece. And you have a limited number of channels that you can yeah, use. Yeah, utilizing the melody to extend the harmonics and create sort of a larger sound is, I think, one of the most effective and simple techniques that are in a game composer's belt when they're working on a game right because it allows you the ability to create a fuller more pop and more sort of versed uh harmonically a, a, like a larger type of sound yeah that's a good point i think it's really really important when you have a specific um set of channels like arcade or genesis they probably only had what like six or maybe eight uh so you can't always have full voiced chords you can't always have every single note in there when you're also going to have bass and a melody and a harmony and stuff so that's that really becomes important but yeah that's a nice interesting unique track um very different more laid back than a lot of the music we're going to hear today let's go to a track from turbo outrun this was obviously one of the second or third games in the outrun series We're going to play, obviously, the arcade version. This is a track called Checker Flag. It was composed by Hiroshi Kawaguchi. Awesome. You're listening to Checker Flag from Turbo Outrun, composed by the original Outrun composer, Hiroshi Kawaguchi. He's one of the most legendary arcade composers. We're going to feature some more music from him later on today, so you're going to hear that name uh, coming up. But yeah, this is an excellent piece of music. has traces of Sonic in it. It reminds me of Sonic 3D Blast in this Mm -hmm. section here. Yeah, that's a very good point. I was going to sort of say the same thing. It feels almost like uh, later Sonic music but in almost a Genesis style. Because these type of chords, to me, are very reminiscent of a game like Sonic Adventure or Sonic Adventure 2. I could see that, yeah. Or even like uh, some of the Game Boy Advance uh, Sonic games, I Hmm. feel like, had a similar sort of set of chords that they were using. And this one definitely feels like that, but you have a little bit more of that uh, FM Genesis-esque sound. It's great, yeah, and you have that chromatically descending chord sequence that just sounds like classic video game music. Yeah. You hear a lot of Nintendo games with that. Oh yeah, you totally hear that a lot, and I think this melody is nice. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily elevating the chord changes, but it's accenting all the key emotional points in this chord sequence. I think it's effective for this use in the game. This is checker flag, so I'm assuming this is the theme after you beat a level. Yeah, it's a good victory. Right. We're going to move on to one of our favorite soundtracks. This is Area 88, also known as UN Squadron. We loved this um, SNES soundtrack, and now we've discovered the arcade version, and um, we're just really loving it. It's so great to hear these tunes with an FM chip. It's just really different than the sound of those um, slightly more compressed SNES samples. So it's really great to hear this hard-hitting arcade version. And there's some tracks that aren't on the Super Nintendo soundtrack, so we're going to play one of those tracks that are exclusive to the arcade version. This is Thundercloud Round 2, composed by the wonderful Manami Matsume and Takashi Tateishi. Enjoy.
awesome. You're listening to Thundercloud Round 2 from Area 88 for the arcade, composed by Manami Matsume and Takashi Tateshi. Such a great theme. Man, this is this is just really powerful, really exciting stuff. Now, it's interesting. This game is a horizontal space shooter. Um, now, I actually, I always prefer vertical space shooters. I mean, I don't know what you guys think, but I just, I always feel like vertical space shooters are a little bit more intuitive, and I just feel like they're a little bit uh, easier for me to play than horizontal ones. What do you think? Oh, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I think some of the best are probably... Uh, horizontal. You think like so? You get games like Life Force, otherwise known right. as like Salamander. Mm-hmm. Uh, even like uh, Gradius is like mm-hmm. that. Um, in UN Squadron apparently is that too. <laughs> Side-scrolling, so. yeah. No, but yeah. this music is just, you can tell why we love this. I mean, melodically there's a lot going on. I love how it's a simple melody, but when that harmony comes in the second time, it really mm-hmm. kind of, like, for me, that's what won me over about this right. song, is when you hear the harmony working so well. The thing that I noticed listening to this for the second time is um, the melody is sort of satisfying the the need for different types of rhythms, because mm-hmm. you have all this rhythmic interplay going on, and the melody is just like, yes, it hits the spot. It's exactly what isn't occurring right. in the harmonics, because you have that very catchy sort of ostinato the da 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 But you also have a lot of long sustaining organ chords yeah. so there's a lot of room for the melody rhythmically to carry and to do its own thing and that's why I'm saying when it's harmonized it really stands out in a good way Yeah. and also the form of a lot of these Area 88 songs are much longer than a lot of the stuff we're going to hear like this was about what 1 minute 30 seconds there was right. almost like a solo section yeah, that solo section was another thing that I thought was just uh, very almost kind of quirky and interesting. Something mm-hmm. that I don't think you'd hear in a lot of uh, home console music. Right. I think something about it being an arcade cabinet, I think the composers felt that uh, the capacity for creating music was almost like limitless enough mm-hmm. where they could include like sections to sort of humanize it further. That's a very good point. Yeah, in general, just there's something to me very magical about the soundtrack. These two classic Mega Man composers, one of them, um, the only other game he's credited to, coming together and just really going above and beyond. And the the use of jazz, the jazz influence on here, jazz fusion mixed with rock, is something that is so classic in some ways to, to 16-bit era video game music. But the way that it's used, I, there's really not another soundtrack quite like it, especially right. from these composers. It's excellent. We're going to move on to a game called Return of Ishtar. This was composed by Junko Ozawa. We're going to play a track called Rover. This is another nice change of pace in today's episode. Enjoy.
modulation there. This is Rover from the Namco arcade game Return of Ishtar, composed by Junko Ozawa. Very early FM synth you're hearing here. This definitely came out in the late 80s. You can hear um, almost exactly the same sound as an early Genesis game. Not really much in the way of drum samples. Uh, kind of primitive use of these FM chips. There's not a lot of extensive vibrato or delay or kind of more advanced techniques, but what a beautiful composition. It's just... What's what I love about it is you get so used to that motif of those chords, when it changes to the borrowed chord of the minor four, it really surprises you in a good way, and it kind of keeps that going as the song, you know, continues. Right. Yeah, it's very simple, very emotional, definitely emotionally charged. This is another one of the tracks that we're playing today that I think is very reminiscent of high-quality film music, mm-hmm. just in how wonderfully elegant that melody is. It's and something the call that and response. So I love the call and response of the dun, 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 that mm-hmm. higher octave. On like all the modulation that occurs, I think mm-hmm. also is just so superb. It's a very um, understated track, and I like that about it. You know, it's not flashy. It's not. It's not capturing the typical video game emotions. It's capturing right. more intimate uh, type of. Uh, tragic romantic think, type of emotions I think what it's capturing it. is it's capturing late 80s early 90s feel good family film music the moments like in free willy when you hear that delay drums doo, 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 ka, 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 ka. it's very it's kind of cheesy in a way but it's just to hear that on an fm chip is really impressive i think mm-hmm. awesome we're going to move on to a really unique peak. One of our favorite tracks we're going to play today a contender for track of the week this is a game called galaxy force 2 This was composed by Katsuhiro Hayashi. We're going to play a track called Beyond the Galaxy, Scene A, Level 1. Enjoy. Excellent. This is Beyond the Galaxy from Galaxy Force 2, composed by Katsuhiro Hayashi. Very advanced jazz fusion-inspired track, incredibly authentic, really nice drum samples, and how about that delayed slap bass sample? One thing important to note is in this time period, the early 90s, this is the best you'd really heard for video game music. So I remember as a kid, 
being used to the sounds of the Genesis, when I went to the arcade, although it was similar, it wasn't that much advanced, I could hear the difference, and it really sounded futuristic. And to me, it really felt like the pinnacle of technology because the right. games looked a little bit better. They were on this kind of bigger screen. You had this different kind of joystick that you weren't used to, and the music was just advanced enough where, for me, it really felt like it was this like you know incredibly technological you know video game. Yeah, if anything, it was just different for each game, and I think that's what made it special. You didn't hear right. all those similarities that you would in like a Genesis or SNES game where you can sort of tell yeah, the difference. Yeah, and then I think the problem is you get used to that. You get so used to a specific mm -hmm. sound chip that it's not fresh anymore, whereas the arcade was so fresh and new at this time. Well, I would just like to talk a little bit about this uh song musically i think those chord changes are just so clever and pretty advanced for a video game and the meter changes too it's like oh, a yeah. lot of this is in seven eight which is great very wonderful uh, playful use of all the instruments sort of like an un again another understated track but this track i feel like understated as far as the melody mm. you know it there's not much in the way of melody but it's right. still so incredibly satisfying mm -hmm. and intentional and it almost sounds more again like just a regular piece of music yes. rather than sort of a in your face bubbly a lot of video game music sort of does have the quality of uh, getting repetitive right. and bubbly and just feeling like it's always so earnest and there's always such heavy reliance on melody mm -hmm. where this is a nice track to just sort of uh show the opposite sort of spectrum focus on other sort of musical elements that you'd hear more in jazz and or funk or something that's a very good point it really is a nice change of pace to get that because yeah. in some ways that's not the other kind of video game music isn't always going to be appropriate for every context in a game so it's nice to have this one thing that's interesting is it kind of goes back to the beginning of the form at about 130 but really it does it's it's altered it doesn't really loop back until almost three minutes mm -hmm. so this is a long form featuring a lot of very advanced meter things happening like i said really nice drum samples i think this is probably one of the most authentic pieces of music that i've ever heard for the arcades as far as evoking a outside genre of music awesome let's move on to excite league this is another slightly rare uh, sega arcade soundtrack um again composed by sega sound team this was i believe a baseball game let's take a listen to japan series this is really cool enjoy That is Japan series from the game Excite League, composed by Sega Sound Team. You know, something that I just am really reminded of for this track 
is uh, the soundtrack to the game Rockman and Forte for the Super Famicom. Right. Just the the overall jazziness, the playfulness between parts, in the quality of the melody, what note it's landing on relative to the chord changes hmm. just feels very distinct to that soundtrack. You know, all the elements of this are just at such a high level of quality. Right. You know, again, it's one of those tracks where even at the most basic of levels, even if you're just looking at tempo and rhythm, it's the type of thing, it gets your blood pumping. You may know nothing about music, and maybe it doesn't affect you, but still, you can't help but just bob your head to these tunes. I think a lot of that really is owed to the FM chip, the Yamaha chip. I really got to say, it's so hard-hitting, and compared this to Rockman and Forte even, like, I agree with you compositionally, but there's something way more hard-hitting about the sound of this soundtrack because you're not having those those SNES samples. And I think it makes this track even more effective. Like, I think this would be effective on the SNES, definitely. Nothing against that. It's just, I think, especially in the arcade, there's something really exciting about this. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing to note is the way that a lot of these songs are mixed. I think a lot of these composers really had a specific way that they had to mix these songs because, again, it's going to be played from an arcade cabinet speaker. And those speakers had different frequencies that resonated more. So it's it's a little bit different than making a console soundtrack. And I definitely hear some differences as far as just the overall sound of these tracks. I feel like maybe less of an extent for these Yamaha FM chip songs. These kind of sound like Genesis. But especially later on, you will hear that some of these songs are mixed in slightly a different way. Certain things are way too loud when you listen to them on headphones. I think there were things that just the way that those speakers uh, reverberated, I think those were things that really had to cut out. Well, and another thing that we haven't yet mentioned about arcade music is sometimes the music can serve an interesting function that it wouldn't normally in a traditional console game and the reason why that is is that all these arcades are in a room and Mm -hmm. the music you can physically hear it and Mm -hmm. it can bring you to a game so the music can almost serve as before you see or hear or read anything about the game you can hear a piece of music it may catch your attention and it may like subliminally or intentionally, like consciously, you may want to go check out that game, especially because in, of the music. In the attract modes, arcade games always had what was called an attract mode, and that was kind of like a demo that a lot of times featured n- music that was just for that little mode. Mm-hmm. So awesome! We're gonna move on to Mortal Kombat Three. First time on this podcast, we've played a piece of music from this series. This is a track called "The Church," composed by Dan Forden. listening to The Church from Mortal Kombat 3, composed by Dan Forden. This is a really great piece of music. Um, one thing I remember as a kid, the first time I saw Mortal Kombat, uh, I think it was maybe the first one, um, I was at actually I was at daycare, 
and um, one of the daycare providers, one of her sons, showed me Mortal Kombat, I believe for the Super what Nintendo. What a perfect game for a young kid. I remember being, um, just feeling like I shouldn't be watching it, because it was really violent. you probably shouldn't have. I shouldn't have, but I mean, the only fighting game that I had been familiar with at that point was Street Fighter 2, which is way more cartoony, there's not, like, blood. Where in Mortal Kombat, you know, they're decapitating heads and stuff. I remember being like, I don't know if I should be watching this, like, being kind of frightened by it as a young kid. But I, it, it was definitely kind of a fighting series that I feel like people either were really into Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat. I think Mortal Kombat, in my opinion, was a little bit gimmicky. It was about some of those things. I don't think the mm-hmm. gameplay itself was as solid, and I think it relied on like shock value and stuff. And also, right. I don't personally think the music was anywhere near as catchy and exciting no as Street way. Fighter. No, it's not even the competition. Yeah, I mean, this was really the only piece of music that I've really heard from this whole series so far that captivated me enough to want to play it on the podcast. Yeah. Not saying there's not others. But to be honest, it reminded me of uh, music from The Curse of Monkey Island. It just in fact of it using using the chords that it utilizes and with that sort of pipe organ sound. Reminded me of the roller coaster of death. Yeah, exactly. Right? Also some Castlevania influence, obviously, as well. Cool, we're going to move on to Salamander, also known as Life Force. Now, on our first arcade episode, way back in Season 1, we did play a couple tracks from this, but it was from the NES <laughs> soundtrack, which, you know, was not super authentic. So we're going to play a track from the actual arcade version. This is Starfield, composed by, again, Miki Higashino. You're listening to Starfield from the game Salamander, composed by the wonderful Mickey Higashino, again, one of the most classic arcade composers that we're going to feature today. Uh, she's just, oh my gosh, she has a great gift of melody. It's so great because you can really hear that this is an NES school of composition. I really like how that melody and harmony feature a lot of the same notes when it goes to the top half of the melody. Those top notes usually yeah, stay the same. Absolutely. It's, it's wonderful. I think this is another one that captures that just basic human desire of to fly. You know, hmm. this one definitely you can almost like feel the flight nature. And again, this is another flying game. Maybe you know? that's Mickey Higashino. Maybe she's just is really good at capturing that emotion. Just the quality of that melody, how it just ascends. That's a very like, good point. It's just it's so exciting and exhilarating, and it's using different techniques than um, the Gradius tune that we played earlier. But, um, you know, it has that same effect, and it puts a smile on my face. You yeah. know, I can't help but be affected by this piece of video game music. And in the most basic sense, it's just quality music. You it's know, a lot it's of fun. fun to listen this to. This would, if I were to be playing this game, I would probably want to insert another quarter, you know, if I died. I would want to keep oh, hearing yeah. this music. I think my favorite section is the dun, 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 when you have that boom, diddy boom, diddy boom, that really right. nice octave bass. Well, and I think uh, definitely an interesting point to take up with would be maybe, you know, Carl and I sometimes talk about a little bit of the decline in the quality 
quality of video game melodies and some of the inspiration and the catchiness mm-hmm. of some of the tunes. And maybe part of that has to do with the decline of arcades. It could Because be. a lot of the music for um, the 8 and 16-bit era were games that were ported from the Absolutely. arcades. The arcades were kind of setting the stage. They were kind of setting some of the fads that the consoles were trying to do. They were trying their best to feel like yeah. arcades. Yeah, that's once, what I think is so it, funny. You know, once things like the Dreamcast came out where you could have an arcade experience in your home, the arcades didn't really matter as much anymore. And once the arcades kind of died, that's a very interesting point. Those fads were just, they were gone, you know? Mm-hmm. Very interesting. We're going to move on to a game called Undercover Cops. This was composed by Takushi Hayamuda, also known as Haya. He was a gentleman who composed a lot of the metal slug music. This is a classic uh, SNK composer. Let's take a listen to Red-Tailed Cat, Stage 3. This is my kind of music. This is the kind of music I want to blare in my car driving around town. This is just incredibly funky. My favorite thing is obviously the... That's just unbelievably catchy. Uh... <laughs> this is one of my favorite songs that Haya has ever composed, actually. I, I think he's a good composer for arcade music, but there's something so funky about this song. It's my favorite song in the soundtrack, Undercover Cops. Uh, once again, this is called Red-Tailed Cat, Stage 3. Uh, there's just a lot that I love about this. One of my favorite things is how the bass line is staying the same, staying the same, staying the same, and finally, on the last measure of the phrase, it has this really catchy riff that's doubled with another instrument on top. Mm-hmm. It really reminds me of something like mystic cave zone it's just it's funky man yeah i i was actually reminded of uh donkey kong country uh just some of the parts underneath the general sort of like fun you know just early 90s grungy dirtiness of it like oh it's just like I, I can just picture like just like a like a naughty kind of sound. Absolutely. It's very devious. Some mm-hmm. of that really distorted, buzzy. Mm-hmm. It's so early 90s, though. Yeah. It's great. It really brings me back to that time period. All right, everyone. Very excited to move on to our track of the week. This is from a game called Outrunners. I think the second or third game in the Outrun series. We've played a track from this on our Sega Genesis episode. Now we're going to play a track from the original arcade version. This song was composed by Takanobu Mitsuyoshi. Let's take a listen to France. This is an excellent piece of music. Enjoy.
Excellent. This is France from the game Outrunners for the arcade, composed by Takanobu Mitsuyoshi. Oh my gosh, there's so much to say about this one. This section, what I love about it is how you hear that melody, it gets in your head. The second time around right here, the chord changes and you get that major third. There's something incredibly rewarding about that. Underneath it all, though, is an incredibly solid groove. The rhythm section is just really just holding it down, man. Yep, I think this is a, this is a perfect song. Yeah. <laughs> this is a 10 out of 10. Absolutely. Um, five out of five, you know, two thumbs up, great song. Uh, I yeah, just... one thing, quick, sorry to cut you off, one thing quickly that we, that we did this week, we tried it out, is um, we had about 32, 34 songs total um, that we needed to whittle down to about 20 for today's playlist. So we actually went through, and both of us, we rated every single song out of 10. We gave each um, track a rating, and then we picked the 20 best for today's episode, and this was at the top. <laughs> this had the highest rating. Yeah, we actually made an Excel spreadsheet. That's how <laughs> dorky we are. Um, no, yeah, this, uh, by default, <laughs> got track of the week just because it was rated so high in our opinion but yeah i think this is an example of just like a perfect song you know nothing feels like you've never heard it before it's not like breaking new ground melodically or as far as the chords but you know it's doing everything right the melody is perfectly accenting the chords everything's supporting one another like carl mentioned that rhythm section is great the choice of instruments uh to use that organ for both chords and melody mm-hmm. is just a wonderful choice because i think that instrument has the timbre and the sort of connotation with the type of fun playfulness that you're getting and in this they're song they're taking advantage of the higher quality sound chip that this that this arcade cabinet used. I'm not sure exactly which one, but those organ sounds are way better than something like the Genesis. So they're taking advantage of that. Now, one thing that I love about this era of game music, um, a lot of a lot of times, you know, again, inspired by arcades, is you have a lot of these country themes, very national. So you have France, and this game also has Germany and USA and Japan, and it's really fun, whether it's Street Fighter or this or a baseball game, to hear what composers try to evoke a specific type of country. One thing that I'm always interested in is Japanese composers whenever it's a Japan theme. Like earlier we played um, Japan series from Excite League and I always get the feeling like they, they want to really try to make the best piece of music the Japan theme. Maybe yeah. that's just, you know, I'm paranoid. I and mean, it's never it's never as stereotypical as nope. the other ones. It's more serious. One thing that's, I, this is I think the best track in the game, France, but I would recommend checking out some other tracks like Germany is really cool. It has a Bach feel, like it's played on the organ. It's very early classical. It's excellent. Oh, kind of like this one. (laughs) Awesome. We're going to move on to another excellent track. This is from a game called Battle Garega. This track is called Fly to the Laden Sky, Stage 1 Valley, composed by Manabu Namiki. This is a really impressive use of the FM sound chip. Enjoy.
very effective how that kick drum comes in there. Really nice soaring melody, really beautiful synth sounds. What's crazy, this is um, Fly to the Laden Sky from Battle Garega. I hear FM synth sounds, but I also hear really nice samples like a piano and really nice sounding drums. So I'm not sure the specific sound chip this game used. I think it came out in about 95 or 96, but it's incredibly advanced. And if you're going from the Genesis to this, oh my gosh, it really feels technological. Yeah, gosh, this is wonderful. You know, I think it's interesting. I've noticed this with a lot of these arcade tunes is the only similarity between this and like console music is I guess really the timbre of some of the I guess instruments but really compositionally it's so much more busy it just mm -hmm. it feels like a non-game type of just techno it's a spectacle it's a technological spectacle it's showcasing not only graphically but musically it's trying to do something that feels exciting new something that is not possible at home at this time. You, you, that's why you go to the arcade, is to have an exciting experience. In the music, there's this tradition of, at least in this heyday of the arcade, of music that is very exciting and has this technological prowess to it that is just unparalleled yeah. in any other Something that I think is interesting it, with a lot of consoles like Genesis or NES, uh, where you sort of have... Uh, they, with the limited number of channels, they try to use them best, and occasionally they'll be doing musical effects such as like delay. Mm -hmm. um, they'll, or sometimes you know they just have to do harmony, and they usually have to choose between the two. Mm -hmm. But what's great about arcade music is you can have all those various musical effects, multiple different moving parts, and harmonies, right. along with different types of drum samples, sampled instruments. Like in this, you had that piano, right. all combined with sound chip instruments, and it's just this lush soundscape that really just feels like a full, complete song, just done with synthesized instruments. This is, in my opinion, one of the most advanced chip tunes if you even want to call it that, that I've ever heard, the way that it's orchestrated. Now, I do think a lot of these arcade games featured multiple synth chips. So you had an FM chip. You probably had an additional sample, a uh, few sample channels. So obviously more channels than you'd have um, on your console at home. Let's move on to Bust-A-Move 2, Arcade Edition. We're going to play Round 2 BGM. This was composed by Norohiro Furukawa. And fun fact, this track contains a lot of similarities to later music of Mario Galaxy, especially in some of the later beach themes that you'd hear in that series. Let's take a listen to Round 2 BGM. That's a really well-composed track. Um, I have to say that it's possible Mihito Yakota could have just um, coincidentally come up with a similar thing, but it's also possible he could have ripped off this tune. Um, incredible similarities to some of the Mario Galaxy Beach music. 
Um, this section here, it's 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 crazy. I think all of it, the instrumentation when they double some of those synthy metallic mm -hmm. like spacey instruments on the top. The rhythms too. Chords, rhythms, uh, that uh, huika mm -hmm. thing. Yep. Maybe it was a subconscious. Maybe you know Mahito Yakota had heard this track and just kind of seeped into his subconscious. In general, though, this is I think it's like everything rips off from everything else. Like right. this definitely has a Koji Kondo sense of composition. It's funny to how it. that comes full circle, where this is trying to emulate something else, and then he was trying to emulate that, so it ends up I sounding mean, we like don't, this. Yeah, yeah, we don't, and we don't really know who was emulating what, but it. It all sort of sounds like Mario. But this is just a really well-composed track, I gotta say. I mean, this came out in, what, like, 99 or something? And um, I think it also came out for the PlayStation, but obviously the arcade. Um, and, no, it's just, again, it's a nice change of pace. It doesn't sound like typical arcade music. It sounds a little bit more like classic Nintendo console music. Um, and I believe this is a puzzle game, right? Bust a Move, I think it's kind of like a Tetris kind of a game, right? So... Um, yeah, a lot of those puzzle games have some of the best music. It's, it's interesting because like, the gameplay isn't something that you really have to think much about. It's kind of using your reaction, using your you know, eye-hand coordination. So you can really just kind of groove to the music. You don't have to think about it as much. It's a great song. Yeah, excellent. We're going to go back to Area 88, play another track that is an exclusive to the arcade soundtrack, not featured on the SNES. This is Marine Round 8. Enjoy. Excellent. This is Marine, Round 8 from Area 88 for the arcade, composed by Manami Matsume and Takashi Tateshi, the Mega Man Masters. What are your thoughts on this track, Will? Marvelous. Stupendous. All right, we'll move on. No, <laughs> this is one of my favorite tracks of the day. Uh, incredibly simple. I mean, the rhythm section, again, is giving a lot of space, rhythmically and melodically, for the melody to shine. It's a very simple chord sequence and very simple rhythms. Now this B section is a little bit jazzy, very advanced, it's modulating all over the place. 
doing some nice two five ones, and then here you have a really interesting triplet rhythm um, with some diminished chords that remind me a lot of Mega Man 2. So I would like to think this is Takashi Tateishi, but it's yeah, really hard to know. Yeah, I always think it's know. funny when you hear uh, those kind of advanced tuplet rhythms in games, because triplets are pretty common, but when you have a string of triplets that are being accented by all the instruments, including the percussion, yeah. and in, sometimes in video games you hear like other type of tuplets, you know, right. like a... Like a pentuplet or whatever. Quadruplet? Quadruplet? Tuplet? <laughs> yeah, it's like if you if you have a four tuplet, wouldn't it just be like. I think we should move notes? on. I'm just getting a sense that we need to move on. This is um, from the original Gradius. Uh, this is an ending. This is the ending theme arranged. This is an arranged version played on a piano, which I believe came out for a later Gradius game for the arcade. Again, this track was composed by Miki Higashino in the original game. This is my favorite one today. (laughs) Let's take a listen to Ending Arranged. This is Ending Arrange from Gradius, composed by Mickey Higashino. And you can really tell that this was composed on the NES because of the way that that ostinato is used over multiple sections, and there's so much thought put into every single note and how the notes work together, it's not surprising that this was composed on the NES. But does it ever translate well to a piano? It's just beautiful. And you were saying also that this one really evokes the feeling of flight for you. Gosh, I'm crying right now. This is so beautiful. <laughs> I'm freaking crying over here. Oh, yeah, gosh. I mean, when I was listening to this, especially on that B section, I just, I saw the clouds. I was closing my eyes, and I felt almost like I was flying. I, I really think Mickey Higashino has a gift for that emotion. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, yep. It's wonderful. This is I, I think this is a it's, 10 out of 10. Yeah, it speaks for itself. This is one of Will's highest rated tracks. Let's move on to one of my personal favorite tracks of today, and I can't really put my finger on why I like it so much. For me, there's something very zen about this piece. It's so simple on paper. I don't know. If there's something about it, I just really like. This is Space Harrier. This track is called Sayura Saturn, composed by Hiroshi Kawaguchi. Once again, uh, we talked about him earlier in Turbo Outrun. Let's take a listen to Space Harrier, Sayura Saturn.
man, I just I can't put my finger on why I like this so much. I know how simple it is. Um, this is Space Harrier, Suyuro Saturn, composed by Hiroshi Kawaguchi. I guess for me, it's what he doesn't do. Maybe it's out of laziness, but I'm expecting another line to come in, like a... But but it doesn't. There's no melody. There's nothing. (laughs) The only thing he changes after like three loops of it is he goes to double time on the hi-hat. I don't know. I think think it is laziness. It's like he comes up and na-na-na-na-na. Perfect. It's done. (laughs) Add a harmony. Just add harmony. Add add another another harmony. (laughs) And then loop it again and again. I mean... I think if you want to know what like Carl's music in high school sounded like, <laughs> oh this gosh. is what it sounded like. Unfortunately, you are so true. This really reminds me of some of the earliest kind of video game music I wrote, but that's why I like it. I, I guess I can't really defend it. All I can say is like personally, I just this kind of resonates with me, and some people might think it's really dumb and cheesy, and that's totally okay. Let's move on to the last track we're going to talk about today. This is Outrun. Again, composed by Hiroshi Kawaguchi. We're going back-to-back Kawaguchis today. This is a lot more advanced. So, you know, maybe Space Harrier, maybe he was fairly young and inexperienced, but this is incredibly advanced, very authentically jazzy. Everyone knows how great OutRun is as a soundtrack. Let's take a listen to Last Wave. so much guys for joining us for our arcade games 2 episode it was really rewarding to compile all this music and to whittle it down and to share it with you guys i think a lot of this music some of you have never heard before i think it's like i said before it's kind of a lost art form classic 90s arcade music so it was really fun to share this with you guys yes and i feel proud that we are no longer slackers (laughs) as we approach our 70th episode we can feel confident in saying that we went the extra yeah, mile. I think we Strickland, got the arcade music. Strickland would be proud of us. We are not slackers anymore. <laughs> Thanks again, guys. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Thanks so much, guys. It's been a blast. See you next week. Peace out. <laughs>